Hello and welcome to Another Look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look, love it, hate it, or somewhere in between. We are talking about that new joint from the Spike Lee, The Five Bloods, and I'm your host, Kevin McKinley, joined by Brian Powers. Welcome back, sir. It's been a while. I know, it's been a minute. Cool, cool. Yeah, we've all been trying to survive this world on fire here, but thank God for movies, right? Oh, man, been watching so many movies. I know, I know. I'm, you become a real, like a real renaissance. I mean, you've been watching all the classic stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the 50s right now. Um, in July, it will mark two years since I've been going through all the decades and stuff, so. Nice. I've done... I've done the 70s, 80s, 90s, 30s, and 40s. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, been, uh, it's been a ride. I can guarantee in terms of time periods, you've, you've watched a lot more than me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we're talking about The Five Bloods. Before we hop into the movie itself, um, uh, in, your, uh, in your kind of... Uh, Going through the Museum of Film, uh, how many Spike Lee movies have you seen so far? That's a, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. I've seen Do, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Black Klansman. Those are the ones that jump off uh, at the top of my head. Uh, those are the ones I've seen. Okay. Yeah, I'm a... Inside, did you do Inside Man? Yeah, I did. Okay. I saw that one, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen uh, I've seen Malcolm X. I've seen uh, what is it? Oh, you said In Time. I've seen Inside Man. I've seen uh, what's that movie he did with Edward Norton? The Twenty Sixth Hour? Or no, the Twenty Fifth Hour? Yeah, uh, I didn't. I did not watch Old Boy. <laughs> no, no. I saw the original, and that movie is perfect. In fact, in fact, I, in fact, I, I, I don't even think Spike Lee likes Old Boy. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I think that's the only one where it doesn't say uh, a Spike Lee joint. It just says a film by Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he saw that final cut and he was like, "Ooh." Uh, yeah, I, this ain't no joint. <laughs> nope, no, not at all. Um, I also saw, I, I also saw, um, what's that movie he did uh, with basketball player Ray Allen? Um, he got game. Oh shit! Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then I think, oh, oh, and the one I and the one I like a lot that uh, n- normally talks about the movie Chirac. I really enjoyed. You know, I've heard people talk about that, and uh, one of the people that I listened to his podcast, he was in it, but I've never, uh, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's 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 basically like hip hop Shakespeare. Oh, okay. And it works very well in. Uh, uh, I know this is going to sound weird coming out of my mouth, but Nick Cannon is surprisingly good in the movie. What? <laughs> I know. You're like, what? <laughs> That's okay. Like, wait, I can act? <laughs> Spike Lee, he can even make Nick Cannon good. Right? <laughs> Should be on a billboard. If that's not telling, I don't know what is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, really. Well, let's uh, let's hop into this one. Uh, the basic synopsis of Defy Bloods. You got four friends uh, that were uh, that were all Vietnam War veterans, and they're going back to Vietnam to uh, get uh, their 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 fallen comrades' remains. Mister was it was a Stormin Norman, I believe his name was. Stormin Norman, yeah. And uh, along with a uh, a fat stack of gold bars. <laughs> oh, 
so many gold bars. And uh, you know, one thing I loved about this movie, and this is even a spoiler, but I loved how they show how heavy gold is. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. And and the sound design of the gold. You hear the clanking. Yeah, when it, when I when really it, appreciate that. Yeah, when it clinks, I'm like, you know, that you, like, you, know you got to carry all that out by hand, right? That's, that's going <laughs> to... That's going to be a minute. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Man. And also, they're all pr- old guys. <laughs> right? So. Well, except for the one young guy, but... Yeah, but, like, you know, they had him carrying a lot, too, so you're like, oh, <laughs> like... Oh. I, think, I think they said at some point that uh, you got to pay up if he's going to be a pack mule. Pack mule, yep. <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, that being the, uh, the basic synopsis of the film, this is a Spike Lee movie, so... All I can say is, uh, um, although uh, he is a very talented director, uh, great, uh, great behind the camera, great camera work, great cinematography, uh, he is not, um, he is not one for subtlety. Right? Yeah, that, that was at the top of my uh, notes. Was uh, uh, not subtle. No. But it's Spike Lee. <laughs> and, and Casey, in case you forgot any kind of themes or messages in this movie, he will remind you in T minus five, four, three, two. <laughs> like they literally like state like there's like theme sentences yeah. in there where I'm like, yeah, I got that theme. Thanks for telling me. I, I knew that. <laughs> In case you forgot, we're gonna have a you know like a good monologue at the end to remind you what <laughs> what it is. Again. <laughs> and the Oscar goes too. <laughs> All right, well let's start off with the positives here. Spoiler free. What did you like about this movie, sir? Well, I mean, we talked about Spike Lee. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee's style. Because right. one thing Spike Lee has is tons and tons of style. And with the aspect ratio, the cinematography, the editing angle, it's full screen. And then during the flashbacks, it's uh, the Academy uh, size, which I think is what, like 4.3 or something like that. And uh, so it, it moves throughout. And actually, you know, each time it moves through the different aspect ratio, it's kind of a different movie that you're watching at the same time, which oh. I I thought was great. Oh, yeah, when they're doing, like, the Vietnam War stuff and it goes back to that smaller aspect ratio, it also, like, goes more in... I think I don't know if they're using film and they're trying to mimic the way film looks with its graininess. No, they, they use 16-millimeter uh, for for that part. And they, and even the way they talk, like, they're using, like, old, like, 70s, like, war movie dialogue, you know what I mean? <laughs> So, and so, yeah, it did feel like they were shooting multiple, or that it felt like it was multiple films telling one story, but it didn't in any way not feel cohesive. Yeah, it wasn't jarring, because sometimes when you, you switch that up with aspect ratios and, and, and you do all that, it kind of feels a little jarring, but I didn't I, I didn't get that whatsoever. No, and in fact, it also made it like very easy, or easy uh, visually to know what time period we're in, so. Exactly. So. Like, I thought was pretty cool, so. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, visually Spike Lee has a, uh, has a style that just smacks you in the face with the, with the name Spike Lee. You watch it, like, if, like, if you were to not watch this movie or not know who directed this movie and started watching it without knowing the title and just came in, you'd be, like, five minutes in, is this Spike Lee? Right, yeah, and, and of course 
he had his uh, dolly shot that he tries to get in every single film. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, to be fair, he held off to the very end. <laughs> yeah, just like he did in Black Klansman. Yep. He waited until like the very last part of the movie. Because <laughs> it's like, where is it? Where is it? Right. Uh, there it is. Yeah, like, like, to be fair, I, I forgot about it for a while. I was like, oh yeah, I guess he's not going to do it. Oh, there it is. Yep, yep. It's like, well, Spike, I actually got to, you know, commend you on your uh, restraint there. <laughs> yeah, right? He didn't just, like, you know, hammer it into the beginning or, you know, force it in the middle. It, it worked the way they did it at the end. Um, so, yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is I just love uh, the acting. I thought the acting was all pretty damn good, man. Oh, man. Uh, this uh, acting, like... Can we talk about Delroy Lindo? Del, we can talk about Delroy Lindo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so with, uh, he's one of those actors that have been has been around forever. Oh, like, yeah. I, I think my first uh, memory of Delroy Lindo is in Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. When he played the detective. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's like the first thing in my head of Delroy Lindo. That's what I think of when I think of him, because that was the first time I saw him. He's also a Malcolm X, and he's been in a bunch of stuff, like just tons and tons of stuff. But, I mean, this is his magnum opus. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is definitely like, oh, yeah. And also, I, ha I just hadn't, like, even though he's been in a bunch of movies, He's kind of like in the past 10 years not been in a lot of things. Right. And so, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking up on looking up on Wikipedia right now, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like, he's done seven movies in, the, like, the past 10 years. So, okay, yeah. And, uh, and, like, a lot of them are, like, not, are, are not, um, you know, big blockbuster movies or just, or, or, or even, like, movies that were in the mainstream. So like like the last thing that I heard of but didn't see was that awful Point Break remake. Oh yeah, no. So I was like, nah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I I just loved like his his performance. It was so nuanced, and you know, and this isn't a spoiler. He is he is a Trump supporter, a a black Trump supporter. Oh, they and... they 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 know that, and in the first five minutes. By the way, oh, in yeah. case you in case you wanted to know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he even wears a MAGA hat, which they do some interesting things with. Um, and uh, yeah, so they they really lean into that. But you might be afraid that that would lead into being a character caricature. Um, but it's not. I felt like it was a really nuanced performance of a man who is feeling like pain and loss and and he uh, channels that into anger and self destruction and and making bad choices um, because he, he you know he's suffering from PTSD and he just he won't accept help um, so he retreats into his masculinity and ultimately that's kind of his downfall. Yeah, I mean, so, he, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's also, I mean. I, like you know how they say if you don't stand for anything you fall for anything and he i felt like after that war he had nothing to really stand for yeah and he was just looking for something to believe in yeah and but but but, and, but, 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 but also something that at least on the surface didn't pity him because he did because he did not want to be pitied at all oh no no absolutely like and and the funny thing is is like by the end you really you feel for him, and it's like, no man, don't do that. Like I was kind of, I was 
talking to myself saying, oh, man, you're making bad choices. Don't do that. Even though he can kind of be seen as an antagonist in this movie of sorts, uh, definitely, definitely by the end. But, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, he kind of had a a descent into madness a little bit. Um, But uh, yeah, he, he was just fantastic. If, you know, I know this weird, this year's like super weird with uh, movies and, you know, COVID and everything. But if he doesn't win the Oscar, I just, I, I don't know anything because I mean, it's, it's, it's early in, it's early in the year, but I don't see any contenders other than him. So (laughs) yeah, like, honestly, this is one of my favorite performance, not only of this year, I'd say it will last like two or three years. Like I loved his performance. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's definitely like on like a Daniel Day Lewis, you know, what I mean, or Marlon Brando, like you know, like when they're giving you like that performance. Because when I watched this movie, all I thought was like, wow, Spike gave him like a juicy ass role. Yeah, and and, and he made it even better. Like you know, he he took it and then some. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so enough of us uh, sucking Doroy Lindo's. Um, <laughs> Uh, performance off <laughs> as it is fantastic and and stuff uh, but but all of his friends are all great too you know like Jonathan you know Jonathan Majors and, and Clark Peters and Norm Lewis uh, and Isaiah Whitlock were all great right uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman in his uh in his uh limited role I thought was uh, uh, uh was quite good yeah no Chadwick Boseman was was great yeah, uh, and, and in terms of acting, like you know, Spike Lee never disappoints with bringing out good acting, and uh, and it was, also, it was also nice to see uh, Jean Reno again. I hadn't seen him in a while. Right, I was like, man, Jean Reno. I mean, from I mean, my favorite performance of his, he's had so many, but uh, Leon the Professional. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, yeah, com- comes to mind, but yeah, I was really happy to see him in it. And he he's not given a ton, but. I mean, it's John Renault. Yeah. Um, what, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was overweight or they put like a fat suit on him because he was because he had gotten so big since <gasps> I was like, yeah. yeah, he's gotten old. He's gotten, you know? he's gotten old. <laughs> had a, had one or two extra Royale with cheeses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Royale with cheese. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah, in terms of acting, uh, it's just all around great. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, you mentioned him, uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he, he did the last black man in San Francisco, right? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, that's still one I haven't, I haven't uh, gotten to, but I definitely want to. Yeah. But that's... he was fantastic, and his character, like when he, when his character isn't around his father, he's so confident. And, you know, kind of badass, doesn't take anyone's shit. But then when he's around his father, Delroy Lindo, he's a little, he, he, he reverts to a child. He's a little, dude, well, if your dad was Delroy Lindo. It's true. <laughs> like, what, I, I what do you do? do? <laughs> I'd be pissing my pants all the time. You know? but, just, uh, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. <laughs> absolutely. But just like the way he portrayed that, and I mean, the... That's, he he seems like a real. I haven't seen the the other movie, but he seems like a real up and comer. That, oh yeah, he's, that's gonna do some big things. Oh yeah, he's phenomenal in Last Black Man in San Francisco. That's like that was in my top top uh, top 
for yeah, Black Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember that was one of the only movies we talked about that I hadn't seen <laughs> of uh, last year. Yeah, but yeah, this movie. Uh, this movie. Uh, what I want to talk about in terms of things I like, I really liked how it just. It, um, it really plays on like the how uh, on like what was going on in Vietnam was really reflecting back in America at the time. Yeah. Where like you know they're just like what are we like you know it's like they're putting us on the front lines out here but we're still having to like fight for freedom at home like what what is this right like you know like we should be war heroes and yet we're going back and we're go, going to go going back to a country that does not appreciate us. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, as I'm watching this movie, I'm starting to think, what are all the Vietnam movies I've seen? And, you know, Apocalypse Now, uh, Platoon. I mean, there's just tons of them. And I'm just thinking, white guys, white guys, white guys. And I'm thinking, there aren't any movies about the black experience in Vietnam or really any war. Just yeah, period. yeah. I mean, they're like, I mean, they have like, I mean, they did a couple with like the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And, there, there's a couple of those. And I believe Spike Lee also made another war war film called Miracle at Saint Anna, which I believe was a World War II movie about a black platoon. So right. But again, right. like, so I feel, but, 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 a I, couple, but, but I feel, but I feel like at that point, I just proved that Spike Lee's carrying the torch for all black war movies. So right. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it was like, it was like, it was like, what about that black woman, Spike Lee? And that one, Spike Lee, damn it! <laughs> yeah, and and it brings up the the you know question of you know why have loyalty and you know fight for a country that doesn't value you? Yeah, you know, and you know, at a certain point, it says uh, your uh, Hanoi uh, Hannah, who I guess was actually a real person uh, uh, that did radio broadcast during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, she says, you make up 11% of the population, but 32% of the fighting force. Right. That's one third of the fighting force. And, and, and yet, what stories are being said about you? Yeah. And then, and then the scene, um, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that. And, uh, but there, there's a scene with them uh, during the, the Hanoi Hannah part uh, where they learn about a uh, something that happened. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a powerful moment. That, it was very powerful moment. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, they really played like like those themes when just talked when when just shown. And Spike Lee just isn't spelling it out for you. Are are are? Uh, it's quite good. Like when he like when he can restrain himself from trying to explain it to you instead of just showing it to you. I'm like, yeah, Spike, just this is this is already good stuff. You don't need to explain it that much, right? <laughs> and, so, and so, but uh, yeah, another thing that I want to point out, uh, they use they use a lot of like image, like just straight up imagery that sh- from shit that's actually happened. That's uh, that's that's yeah. Cool. Like when like they show. Like actual death. Yeah, yeah. And, that one, and, I, I had seen it before, but it was of someone who literally gets shot in the head. Yeah, and I hadn't. I was, I, I was literally eating food when I was watching <laughs> the, the beginning of the movie, and when they showed that shot, I like stopped. I was like, oh shit, that was because you know how it's it's different when you watch like dramatized footage yeah. of someone getting shot as opposed to an actual human being. Yeah, and like not to get like too too into it, but like. 
the way the blood comes out. Yeah, like, that, that like, you're like, oh, that shit was real. Like, that was... Yes, it's crazy. I, I had seen that before. I don't remember where, maybe in a documentary or something. Um, but I had I had seen that before. It's crazy, though. Yeah, the picture of that and pictures of the bodies were just... Yeah. If, uh, if it's... If there's one time I want to give Spike Lee credit for putting something like blatantly in my face, it's those images because oh, yeah. I feel like you won't forget them. Well, you won't forget them, and also those images speak louder than any words can. You know, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So what else you got for me, sir? Um, I also like how they humanize the Viet Cong. Oh, yeah. Um, in the movie in general, uh, but specifically in a flashback. Um, where they, um, the, you could read the, uh, subtitles, the subtitles yeah. of what they were saying. Yeah. And they were like talking about their girlfriends and wives and like poems and stuff. Yeah. Just like, just human being stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, and then at, at a, another, uh, really early in the movie, um, the, uh, the old guy that buys them a drink. Yeah. And, you know, he was a, a, I think he was, was he Viet Cong or was he South? I think he was Viet Cong. I, I, I think he was yeah. Viet Cong and he bought him around, like, as, you know, fellow, you yeah. know, war veterans. Yeah, well, yeah, because there's, there's that thing of, like, you know, soldiers themselves don't hate each other. You know what I mean? It's the people that put them against each other. And I, I, I forgot which, uh, which... Stu- World War One story it was, but it was a story about like these soldiers that were in trenches and they kind of stopped fighting for a, like there's a ceasefire and they stopped fighting and hung out and had a good time, but then they had to like go back and hurt each other. Yeah, they did. It was a soccer game. It was a soccer game. Yeah. Yeah. And just showing like how much there's really no animosity between uh, you know between actual human beings. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, it, but but it also kind of shows you different views and perspectives of that because you had that guy but then you have another person who thought they were just straight up murderers yeah which i mean you know i mean you know with what we see i mean i mean war is war so yeah so and and so you know like what is like you know what is what is a justified killing and what is not is definitely a is definitely is definitely a you know kind of lost within the blurred lines there especially in the war but it's but in the end it's you know everyone's not coming out good at all, so. Yeah, so. and then uh, the the other thing that I noticed is they don't refer to it as the Vietnam War. Well, I they don't... They refer to it, or at least when they're in country, as the American War. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Vietnam, it's because if you think about it, in Vietnam, they don't call it the Vietnam War. They, talk, they call it the American War because the Americans invaded them. Right. It's just like a different perspective. Like, we always think about America and our point of view, but we never think of it uh, from the other side. And it, it was just kind of weird hearing it, the American War, because, yeah, naturally, that's what they would call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like French fries in France. Like, they're just fries here, guys. You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, you just think about it from another perspective that you just never thought about before. I'm like, oh, yeah, they would call it that, wouldn't they? Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, 
it's you know different different perspectives. I love that they kind of showed it. I feel like the last time I saw a Vietnam movie that I like, you know, connected with where it, you know it humanized people that were there was probably what uh, Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. Oh, love that movie. Oh uh, yeah, it's actually my favorite movie by him. So yeah, it, uh, I, I believe that was my favorite movie of the eighties. I love that movie. Great choice, sir. I agree with you there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, in terms of like what I like, I, I think I pretty much said everything I got to say. But if you got any more things, let me know. Um, really, the only other thing I well, actually, um, the influences, because I saw I saw two very specific influences um, that uh, uh, that Spike Lee had in this movie. One uh, was Apocalypse Now. Uh, they that, that was literally the words were literally in your face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When the, With the, the club, club scene, yeah, down. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. He's like, he's like, in case you think I'm ripping this off, I know. <laughs> yeah, and and they like uh, took songs from it too. Like, oh yeah, there's it's certain uh, points. I'm like, flight That's of Valkyrie. Yeah, flight of Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, but the other one, I, and I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. So um, you see because, huh? Yeah, yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Because yeah. I just watched it. Yeah, so, I, oh, so you were, like, ready for this movie then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I watched it maybe a month and a half ago. Tops. And so you were just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I love that movie. That's one, That was one of my favorites of, of the 40s. Like, that movie is great. And um, especially with what happens with, with just the gold in general and then what happens with Delroy Lindo's character. Like, I was like, ooh, this is definitely that. And then I found out later... That that happens to be Spike Lee, one of Spike Lee's favorite movies. Oh, I don't think it happens to be one of his favorite movies. I, I think Spike Lee was like when he saw that he's just like, you know what? Now I can do my own Sierra Madre. <laughs> right, wait. He's like, wait. He's, yeah. he's like, wait. I can do Apocalypse Now and Sierra, and Treasure of the Sierra Madre in one movie. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, because uh, originally I'm also doing a little research. Uh, this movie, he he didn't originally write it. It was he ended up writing you know adapting it and everything but it was originally four white guys oh really yeah yeah so and and then and then it was brought over to spike then spike and his uh writing partner i think uh kevin wilmot i believe the name is uh got it and then you know Made it spike <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, well, yeah, because I saw that it was it was a big uh, that was done in t- t- 2013. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then uh, and it was originally and, and it was originally going to go to uh, Oliver Stone. Yes, yes, I heard that. Who, to be fair, I kind of picture Oliver Stone as like the white Spike Lee in terms of like. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> you know what? I've never thought of it that way, but now that you mention it. But, like, they're both really heavy-handed with their messages. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, super and, serious. and they're not afraid to tell you exactly what they're thinking. No. <laughs> they're both great directors, but they're both, uh, but they can both be very heavy-handed at times. Yeah. And then once, but, yeah, because, uh, well, yeah, because apparently, um, it's weird, uh, apparently, it says, uh, it was in January of 2019, the film was originally announced to have Sam Jackson, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, and Don Cheadle being in the lead roles. So they ended up, huh. and so they ended up changing, uh, you know, like changing our, just the roster being, uh, significantly different than what we got, so. That, that, 
That actually makes uh, that's interesting because I noticed when I was looking at the cast list when I was first watching it, it said Giancarlo Esposito, and then I'm in the movie watching it. I'm like, where, where the is fuck it? is he? Yeah, I've never seen. I never seen him. Yeah, he, he's not in there. So maybe that was just like a you know he got he was attached to it and then ended up not doing it. So but he was still on there because of it. Maybe I don't know, but I didn't see him in the movie. Yeah, I, I I don't know I don't know how that got lost in the credits there, and then they realized, oh shit, he's not here anymore. Uh, <laughs> thank God, it's like it's like it's like it's like thank God, thank God nobody you know caught that except you. <laughs> I guess the the only other things I'll say is you know the the themes of the movie. We talked a little bit about black experience um, in Vietnam, but also uh, PTSD. Oh yeah, was a oh, huge yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Uh, in it and um uh especially well i mean kind of a little bit for all of them but definitely delroy lindo's character oh yeah Um, for sure yeah so that and and i think they they um really portrayed it in a, a a realistic manner yeah especially especially uh in the in the beginning um when they're uh right before the flashbacks where that kid that they gave money to oh yeah with the, the oh yeah with artwork. the oh yeah with, yeah with the one leg yeah yeah and then uh they all just like hit the deck they all drop yeah head. and then it and, and then it like cuts to like yeah, like, yeah. and uh so yeah that that's a huge theme uh, uh greed is and what money does to you um it is kind of a, a subplot kind of theme as well yeah and it, so there, there there's a lot to there's a ton to uh excavate in this movie thematically uh, and that's what i just love and you know the the two things this movie has that is like right in my wheelhouse are uh thematic content and and uh, characters. Mm-hmm. It's got some just great character uh, pieces and characterizations, uh, especially with Delroy Lindo, with Otis, uh, who is um, oh what what's the name of that actor? Uh, which um, which one? Clark Peters. Yeah, Clark Peters. Yeah. Yeah, Clark Peters. Um, just some really. I mean, Clark Peters was the uh, heart of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and and he's kind of the protagonist in the beginning. Then I can I kind of think it switches. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. I I, to, I I feel like a, it feels like a bit of two uh, like of a two hander between him and Delroy, because yeah. because like Delroy has this thing, but then like you know Clark Peters has has a you know like like you know has this thing with a you know, like you know like a past thing that happened in Vietnam and right. Um, let's just say unfinished business. I will yeah. say. Absolutely. So, but yes, I would say those two are definitely like in terms of the characters you focus on the most. It's those two. The other two uh, are are definitely there and good. But in terms of like the ones you focus on, yeah, it's definitely those two. And Chadwick Boseman more in terms of like how he was the glue for all of them. So, absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, want to hop over to uh, anything negative, or or, or do you want to do negative stuff in the spoiler section? Um. No, I can. I mean, it's up to you, but I can do negative and non-spoiler. All right, what you got for me? Well, we definitely talked about the subtlety, uh, the heavy-handedness of it. 
just some technical stuff. Uh, the CGI helicopter. There's some CGI like blood mm-hmm. and gore that kind of caught, uh, caught my eye a bit. That was kind of yeah, not a- great. But uh, at the same time, I looked it up, and this movie was made for like thirty-five, forty-five million, yeah. and for as big of a scope it is, like, yeah, I, I can be a little bit forgiving of it, but it it definitely did uh, catch my eye. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell when like corners are cut in certain areas. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you know, like I mean, I don't mind CG blood as long as it's like mm-hmm. David Fincher level good. <laughs> Because, right. it, because you don't notice that it's CGI. <laughs> you know what? For me, I would just say uh, the pacing. Okay. It's um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's bad. I would just say that it's wonky. Like it like it's like it's like it'll have a rhythm and it'll have a rhythm for like a good twenty minutes and then it'll switch to another rhythm of pacing. And and it's and it and it does that and it does that a bit throughout the film, which is a bit jarring. <laughs> And yeah, it's, especially in that third act. That third act, for sure. There's a part where uh, they have, I'm not going to say who, but they have some people tied up. And then, like, right. and then like the next scene, they're just walking, not tied up. And I'm like, wait, what? What was the point of tying them up if you're just going to untie them to start walking in, like, in the next scene? I'm confused. And so, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, how serious is this? <laughs> Like, but yeah, like, and I don't know if that was a continuity thing because I, I feel like maybe there were like scenes missing in between to explain why because they had a whole thing about tying somebody up only to literally untie the next scene and it'd be like no big deal. So, so I just like just just little things like that kind of took me out of it. Um, they would cut a, like they would cut away from like like the climax of a scene just to like and and we're back now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, he, I was like, I, I was like, feels a little chopped up. And I, I was point. like, I was like, are we gonna talk about that? <laughs> Literally, something just happened. And they like just cut to like, and we're back out now, and we're all good, guys. What's going on? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, okay, all right, I guess. I mean, it, it definitely kept the movie going, but I felt, but I, I, you know, but when a scene gets really, you know, in the uncomfortable, you know. Uh, intense parts. That's where I want to live. You know what I mean. And I feel like they're kind of like getting, you, like getting you there and then switching it out. So I, I just thought that I just it was just it was just jarring for me because in terms of, in terms of uh pacing, Spike Spike has his own pacing, uh own kind of own kind of pacing. <laughs> and, sure does. And his movie, and his, again, but his movies are generally so interesting in their concepts and premises that I'm never bored. But but I but I and but I always do notice the time if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And where I'm like this is not moving slow, but I'm looking at my watch like okay, where is this going? I'm not bored, but the, and this is interesting, but it's a, it's it, it's it's not keeping me from looking away, you know, at the clock being like I'm okay. You keep stopping and starting. Okay, keep you know what's going on. So and maybe that's just my feelings, but that's just that's just how I felt just with the editing of it and even though i thought the editing uh technically whenever they were like you know like cutting from aspect ratio and time periods i thought was all great so yeah no i i i mean it didn't bother me terribly i did notice it in parts mm-hmm. um but and i could see how you feel like that uh how it feels you know the pacing the feeling it being a huge thing for me, but 
Yeah, I, I don't blame you for for feeling that way. Yeah, and and and, and, and it's just a personal taste with with his because it's definitely his style and his kind. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and and it's a pacing and that's all his own. So. Yeah, and I can also understand if someone you know doesn't like the style whatsoever or or feels like it's overstylized. I like it. It's unconventional. Uh, because I watch a lot of movies, so something that breaks convention, I love. But I can also understand uh, if it's too much for for some people. Mm-hmm. But I, I would consider myself a Spike Lee fan. Uh, maybe that's the thing. If you if you have watched other Spike Lee movies and haven't liked them, you might not like this one. <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, maybe. Although you might. You might. You but, never know. But I feel like this is the mo- most Spike Lee film that Spike Lee has ever Spike Lee. <laughs> uh, watch, watch Chirac, sir. <laughs> Chirac, all right, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to watch that. One. It's, 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 it's also very. I mean, like, I don't, I, when I think of a movie that's not Spike Lee, but it's Spike Lee, I think of like Twenty Fifth Hour. Okay. Because it's like, or, or even Inside Man. You know what I mean? Like, like those are like those feel like his commercial films. Right, right. Where they you know, where he's just telling his story, and it's not like you know, there's not like a giant political agenda behind a message he's trying to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's less auteur and more kind of for hire. Yeah, director for hire, exactly. But you know, yeah. but, you know, but hey, we got Denzel Washington, so whatever you want, Spike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so anything else in the negative category, sir? Um, we kind of mentioned how it was a two-hander. Um, I would have liked a little bit more from Melvin and Eddie, the characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and Norm Lewis, uh, the actors. Uh, they just kind of felt like background characters for most of it. I mean, there was some good stuff with both of them, but I would have, I would have just liked more. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and there's definitely time. This is a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> oh yeah, this is not a short movie. <laughs> yeah, people, I I love I, I love movies, but I gotta say for some reason these these you know you know these old guardsmen, these you know uh, Scorsese and Spielberg and like, can you guys make a movie under two hours, please? It's oh like, man, I just watched not that long ago. Uh, Last week, Ben Hur. Yeah. For the very first time, three hours and forty-four minutes. Thank you very much. Yeah, but you know what? That's an epic, though. So it's allowed to be when it's an epic. But like, I feel like like, like everything is like. But when you watch like you know Tarantino now, like I love you know uh, what's his you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's like three hours long, and you know The Irishman three and a half hours long. It's like guys, not everything you do has to be a quarter of my day. Right. <laughs> Like I just, I got a plan around this shit. It, 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 seriously though, dude, I just watched the movie. I just watched the Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie 7500 yesterday, and it was ninety minutes clean. I was like, oh, that's so refreshing. Man, I love that. Uh, especially, yeah, especially going through the, all the different decades. When I can find one that's just like eighty-five minutes or like ninety-five minutes, it sucks. Who cares? It's like I, you're done. It's like, it's like I'm done. I, I still have some day to do other shit. Right in out, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. On with your day. Exactly. It's a qu- it's a quickie, whether good or bad. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So with that, do you, uh, do you have any more uh, negatives, or do you want to uh, give our ratings and hop into spoilers? I'm good. All right. Cool. So we're giving your rating. Um. So this movie uh, is one of those movies where um, I knew almost nothing going in. I knew it was about Vietnam. 
I knew Spike Lee had directed it, and that's it. Uh, didn't didn't see a single trailer or anything. Um, as soon as I heard Spike Lee, I knew I was going to watch it, especially after Black Klansman. And boy, was that a way to watch this movie. It was fantastic. Um, I just, you know, I didn't intend to write notes, but there's so much good stuff. I just started writing notes and all of a sudden I had more than a page of notes and it looked like, you know, a beautiful mind. Uh, <laughs> it looks like I'm, I was going crazy, uh, just scribbling around the edges and all kinds of stuff. And there's just so much good stuff in this movie. The, the themes go run real deep. The characters run real deep and I'm going to enjoy watching this movie again and again and again. And I'm sure I'm going to find uh, more and more that I love about it. Um, and that's why there's a few like little things that are have a little bit of issues. But overall, I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. So that's why I got to go and do it. 10 out of 10. Damn. Yeah, I do. I love this movie. Uh, this, this is this is my uh, my top movie of the year thus far. Yes. I mean, I only have maybe like fifteen new movies that I've seen thus far, but th- this is up there. So beat out the Invisible Man, huh? Yeah, it, you know, it was, and that was the other ten I've had this year. Um, we'll we'll see. I might have to rewatch both of them. And then, like, they might fight it out, but I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Nice, man. Well, uh, I really enjoyed it as well. I, I won't give it nearly as high because, uh, like, the heavy-handedness thing just, is, just isn't my jam. I, I like I like people, directors, writers, to trust that I'm smart enough to get it and not just constantly tell me what it is. So, uh, but that's but that's just more uh, my job. But I still enjoyed it. Great cinematography, great acting, great themes, powerful moments, incredible acting, especially by Delroy Lindo for sure. So, I'm probably gonna give it like an eight, eight point five out of ten for me. Okay. Yeah. And uh, with that, let's hop over into the, the bloody, bloody spoilers. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So first, first thing you got for a, a moment that you read uh, that really got you. With uh, we'll start with Eddie. Okay. And and you know as soon as soon as they brought in the uh, the mind group uh, was it love against minds and bombs? No, oh, dude, dude. At the moment, like they brought them in, I'm like, oh, someone's stepping on a mine at some point. Oh yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> you know we watch a lot of movies. They don't put bring something in like that unless. It's going to pay off. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, I didn't even expect those characters to show up again. I just, I just knew that they were there to set up the fact that there are mines everywhere, that there are yeah. still mines out there. Because I was like, some, cause like, every time somebody walked anywhere, I was like, boom, uh, no, all right. Yeah. Boom, no. And, and, then, and then when Eddie was giving that speech, I'm like, all right, he's blowing up. <laughs> yeah, and then he keeps walking back. It keeps walking back. And kind of weirdly, it's like, who walks like that? Unless, like, you're going, you're talking to someone, you're about to take a dump or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and it, it, it doesn't happen quickly. Like, he takes his time with it, and then finally... Yeah, I, 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 I will say, uh, uh, unfortunately, that, that particular explosion didn't catch me off guard. I saw it coming. Oh yeah, uh, no, I, now, I I saw it coming a mile away. Now, sure. now the one I didn't see coming was the uh, was the other was was the, was the mind guy that ran away and he was about to get shot and yeah. then and, and that one I did not see coming. <laughs> yeah, 
Cause, cause, that one I didn't see coming. Because you're just like, but, oh, like you're like, oh, he's gonna get shot. Boom. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but the thing that did catch me off guard about the the one with Eddie was they showed. Oh shit! Yeah, like oh, like the yeah, limbs all gone. They like that. Pra- like I don't know if that was practical for, but it looked fantastic. Yeah, that looked good. Like you know, and I really think Spike was was saying something. Like you're gonna see this mangled black body, like black stump of a body. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just losing the the light in his eyes. Like, holy shit, man! <laughs> most most filmmakers wouldn't have the balls to do that. But Spike Lee just whipped his dick out and said, "Here yeah, it is." Well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I mean, if he's gonna like show those, you know, those gruesome footage, you know, those gruesome uh, from earlier in the film, he can't back down at that point, you know. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, the, the, I, I definitely saw it coming, but I did, but it actually seeing his body after the fact, yeah, it was horrifying. That that was the punch for me, not yeah. the explosion. It, it was, was that. Yeah, it was horrifying. Uh, I will say, uh, for me, a powerful moment was literally the following moment where the son steps on it. Yeah, and and man. and, and, and Doe doing everything everything to save his son, and you're just and you know everyone grabs the rope, and it's just like you know it's it's powerful it's powerful to see everybody work to get him off that, and when he does, it's like oh like embrace, I love you, Dad, I love you, this. All right, now tie them up. What? <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, is like. You know, he, he's he's starting this he's kinda of starting his descent into madness. Well, I mean the whole movie is Lindo's descent into madness. But especially this part is where it really starts getting bad. But for that one minute you see that he loves his son. Mm. You know? Yeah. And he, he's not a good father. <laughs> he says multiple times how he hates his son or you're not my son. Or, you know, just completely disowns him. But in that moment, his only only objective is to save his son in any way. You know, that's the only time they hug in the movie. And just that that, that hug. It was powerful. Oh, it was powerful. And and one thing I forgot to to mention in the non-spoiler is... This movie is a lot about masculine relationships. Oh, Lord have mercy, is it? It's, it's all about masculine relationships and uh, uh, the ones that you make in war, the one, you know, the kind that just aren't breakable. You know, once you make those, you know, you go through the same shit together that you just, no matter what they do or who they become, you got to stick by them because, you know, it's, you know each other and went through some horrific shit together. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a band of brothers type thing for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, and then um, the other one that was really powerful uh, was when they find Storm and Norman's body. Oh yeah. And it's a uh, you know it's a skeleton because it's been it's fifty been, years. It's been fifty years, yeah. And, um, and so uh, it, it definitely like it, it, there are a lot of things that we think that we're kind of done and past. They never leave. <laughs> so a lot, like we all, we always say like you know like oh we're never done right or, or 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 not we're never done but like you think that something's in the past but then you see it and it like immediately triggers something that you thought was healed and it's nowhere near healed. <laughs> yeah, so those kind of wounds. I mean, do they ever heal? You know, 
it's, there's just some things that don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially in the case of, you know, uh, I think his, I always call him Delroy Lindo because he has a badass name, but I think in the movie, his name's Paul, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, there's just, you see that he, you know, and when he has his actual PTS moments, you can see when he's being triggered. Yeah. Like, man, that's good acting. I, I, I mean, there's, I mean, he, he has a, he literally has, and the Oscar goes to monologue at the end of the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's when, just, when, just talking when to the camera does, for like uh, ten the minutes. Spike Lee looking straight in the camera thing. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like like that was his Oscar reel right there. Yeah. Oh. And go. Man, and that that performance just hit me right to my core. Like I said, it was a little jarring at first, but then it just hit me right in the stomach. Mm, and oh, yeah. Yeah, like you say, that is Oscar reel. For sure. Oh, yeah, and on and on top of that, uh, just to like the, the background, uh, they use a lot of uh, Marvin Gaye. And, yeah. And uh, and that music works so well, especially when they play just an acapella version of what's going on. Oh my goodness! At the, and, and at the end, felt, I don't know if they slowed it down a little or what, but whew, that was powerful. Yeah, it was. It was a uh, man. They liked, like 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 when they were playing like you know black music. <laughs> Oh, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, like like the movie had its actual flavor. You know what I mean? That it wasn't just it like it wasn't just another Vietnam War movie because of course you're not gonna hear Marvin Gaye in a war movie with nothing but white guys. <laughs> like normal, like, like like normally, pretty much, like normally, like all you're gonna really hear is Fortunate Son over and over again. But yeah, man. But yeah, man. Uh, those moments were powerful. The end, I thought, like, like the, the the end felt very much like it was put on, like, uh, the end felt very much like it was connecting it to now, which I think Spike Lee did uh, also at the end of Black Klansman, mm-hmm. where he, like, you know, like, played the footage from Charlottesville and stuff. And, well, so I, I did some research about that, and so that was, that was always in his version of the script. Mm-hmm. And they filmed that scene like last year. So, the, I mean, it's just funny that it were to come out now because, I mean, Black Lives Matter has, all, has been a thing over, you know, last several years, but especially right now. Yeah, it, like, I mean, I mean, it could not have come out at, like timing wise. <laughs> it, yeah. it could not have come out at a more perfect time. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking, I was like, did they just add that, like, you know, right? last... like it felt too perfectly, like, well, parallel to the times, right? Right. And so I looked into it and I, I got a podcast with Spike Lee on it. And he said, no, we did that like a, a year ago. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is he's psychic. <laughs> yeah. And he can see the future. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that power. Uh, because after the year that it's been thus far, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I kind of would, dude, because then I would because then you're like, Jeremy, why do you have a mountain of toilet paper in your room? It's tw- it's 2019. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> why you got all this Purell, man? Right? Don't w- stop, Ryan. Stop asking all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know a damn thing, sir. Just know that when the time comes, if you need to go to the bathroom, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Did you have anything else? I think I said most of what I wanted to say. 
Uh, yeah, that was pretty much uh, it for me. Uh, and, and you know, there's a lot of death in this movie, <laughs> uh, and it's just, and it just kind of happens. There's no like uh, one thing I will say, and this is something that I always ruffle on, is that ca- characters don't. Not all the characters that do die that die get like uh like I'm dying. Here's my last words. You know what I mean? They just die. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like uh, Melvin on the when... on the grenade. When he lands on a grenade, and if you think about it, if you kind of go into it, I mean, these were guys that fought with one another, and you hear of stories all the time um, of people, you know, jumping on grenades or or protecting and saving the lives of, of their, you know, soldier brothers and sisters, and, like, he didn't even think about it. No. He just instinctually did it. And didn't didn't he say he wouldn't do it earlier in the movie, where he's like, I wouldn't do that. Like, like you know, we talk about that jumping on grenades, but I wouldn't do it. But I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do it for your black asses, like as a joke. Like, oh, I, I'm not sure. I'll have to. Because I because I, 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 I remember them talking about not dying for each other earlier, but like they were joking around and you know messing with each other. Yeah. And and it, and it felt like this un, like this unsaid thing that like he's actually going to selflessly do that at some point right. in time. So when he did it, I like I think he said something about how he wouldn't do that earlier. So I feel like that was a callback, and it was a kind of a and and it wasn't even like a character arc because like, because it was because he, it was always in him to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So and uh, yeah, that that scene and i love when melvin when uh i think david asks uh aren't, aren't you afraid or something afraid of dying here or something like that melvin's like this ain't our first time in now right exactly <laughs> i love that <laughs> and he's got the he's got the the automatic weapon he's like oh yeah it's just muscle memory oh man. dude dude once the gun starts firing they like they go into war mode like it's nothing <laughs> Oh yeah, dude, and and like it was believable. Like, oh yeah, yeah those, those are some old guys. Like, they haven't like, done it in a second, but like, I believed it. So, like, they don't have the stamina, but they, but everything they do is on point. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, that was uh, it's like they could, it's like they could kick my ass, you know. <laughs> you know yeah, you don't want to fuck with them. And and you talk about being in their sixties or seventies. If I look anything like how Delroy Lindo looks when I'm seventy, dude, I won't be, dude, I won't be good. dude, like I'm like they all like they're like wow, these old black guys are all like looking good. Well, like looking good in their fifties, I'm like they're like in their seventies, bro. Like black yeah. does black does not crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, Lindo's like sixty seven. I looked up. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah I saw I'm it like, too. Damn, he looked good for sixty seven. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah, dude. No, no words. Other than uh, other than uh, I am uh, I am quite proud to be a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> for many yeah. reasons and that is a wonderful special feature <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man alright cool cool well shall we wrap it up sir let's do it alright cool cool well thank you for joining us for, an- for another look you can listen to us on another look on Podbean uh, you can message us on Facebook at another look and you can tweet at us at another look that is with three O's I am Jeremy McKinley I'm Brian Powers it was fun buddy it was fun and, t- and until next time thank you for joining us